Welcome to the Canadian Pizza Podcast, hosted by Canadian Pizza Magazine, the voice of the Canadian independent pizzeria, which delivers to the industry the latest information on market trends, research, recipes, innovations, news, and new products. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations with people influencing the pizza industry in Canada. Hello, my name is Colleen Cross, and I'm editor of Canadian Pizza Magazine. As restaurants in some provinces slowly begin to reopen and others make plans to reopen, we thought it would be a good time to check in with funding expert Bonnie Cable for an update on COVID-19 financial compensation measures uh, meant to help small businesses uh, like restaurants who are adversely affected by these shutdowns. Uh, Bonnie is a chartered professional accountant and a certified general accountant. She is president of AKR Consulting Canada a Mississauga, Ontario firm that specializes in government grants, subsidies, tax credits, refunds, and rebates, and has done so since 2003. Hello, Bonnie. Thank you for joining us. Well, Colleen, thank you for having me today. First of all, I I wonder if you could let us in on uh, what are some of the latest developments that are on your plate right now that you're talking uh, to clients about? Well, this week's been um, it's been a week where there's been a few announcements. The first one was the uh, the details on the long-awaited Canadian Emergency Rental Assistance Program. So this is this is to address your rent. Um, so it's now open, and it's open to businesses that have had a decline of 70% or more in revenues um, since since March 15th. And in addition to the 70% decline in sales, the business uh, needs to be paying rent of less than $50,000 a month and sales of less than $20 million. So if they qualify, if they meet that criteria, um, the landlord, so that's just on the business side, so their landlord needs to um, rent to a number of businesses let's say 10 or more businesses. And they have to agree to reduce the rent by 25% to the um, to their tenant. So while the landlord is actually only reducing the rent um, 25, sorry, they're reducing it 75%, um, they are actually eating 25% of the cost of the rent and they're receiving 50% from the government. So, I guess all parties are all parties are giving a little bit. So, what I have heard this week, just speaking to some clients, is some of the uh, bigger uh, real estate trust companies. Uh, Rio Can is one that comes to mind. They've actually been reaching out to their tenants um, with regards to the program to um, offer their clients. Uh, uh, or sorry, their tenants' rent compensation. So I think I think that's great. Um, so while while the program's out there, right? While uh, the program covers April, May, and June retroactively, I don't think every single business out there fits into the same sort of uh, scenario, right? Not everyone is renting from uh, a landlord that qualifies. So, like in our in our case, right? We're we're subleasing our property. So if a company is subleasing a property, they're not going to qualify 
for this, this program. Um, so I would encourage businesses, if, if your sales have dropped more than 70% and your landlord is not able to offer you the rental assistance program, I would really encourage you to reach out to a member of parliament in your area and they, they might be able to help you out or give you um, some direction as to what you can do. And what we are seeing with all of these COVID programs is many of the programs, they're being revised because of business feedback and because of organizations like the Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses um, that's having discussions with governments um, or with, to uh, revisit the rules out there. Right. That's, that's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think um, there's one program that we saw uh, a big revision with, and that was the bank loan program. And the bank loan program, when it first came out, um, it was only available to businesses with between 50000 and $1 million in payroll, um, T4 payroll for 2019. And because of all the feedback that they received from all sorts of businesses and from the Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses, they increased it, that limit from 50 to 1 million to uh, 20,000 with an upper limit of 1.5 million in um, T4 uh, payroll. So I thought, you know, the feedback is really, really important. So Yeah, right. Yeah, if you're not liking what you're seeing, <laughs> uh, talk to your MP. Great advice. Great advice. Um, so uh, is there anything else new going on right now that you'd like to draw people's attention to? There was another um, new announcement this week, and the government is announcing 10 paid sick days. Um, we're still not sure how this is going to work. Um, but as you know, the government is expecting like a second and third wave of COVID-19. And I think they're anticipating that the second wave mm -hmm. will hit in the fall. And I guess what we really don't want is we do not want people going to work sick, right? Mm -hmm. So by having those paid sick days available to employees, um, you know, that'll that'll prevent them from needing to, to go in to work sick. You know, they know that they can take that two weeks off and go home and, and just, uh, you know, be away from everyone, quarantine, and, and know that they can still take care of their bills at the same time. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a great program. Uh, there's been an announcement pretty much every day, hasn't there? <laughs> yeah, announcements, announcements and revisions. That's, um, that is certainly true. Um, next, I, I want to talk about the 75% um, the wage subsidy program. So initially, that was supposed to run for um, 13 months, or sorry, 13 weeks. Um, it was supposed to end June 13th. And that has been extended to August 29th. Okay. So that is great news. So while businesses are, you know, we're, we're seeing more openings happen in June. So as businesses are opening, they know that as they're getting back on their toes, um, they'll have money there to be able to, to pay their employees. And again, to use the 75% wage subsidy program, um, businesses uh, for April, May, June, July, they'll need to ex still have experienced a 30% decrease in sales. 
So as right. long as that happens, they, they qualify for funding. Um, the program last that I had read, the government did not receive nearly as many applications for funding um, for this program. And I'm just not sure if that's because the rules are complicated or because companies just haven't gotten around to it. And, you know, that could very well be the case. Um, but I, I will say that, you know, reach out to your accounting firm and, you know, see if you can speak to them and see if you qualify. And if you have any questions, you can always, always call the government. And they've been very easy to get a hold of. And the wait times, quite honestly, they really haven't been that long, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes for answering, for getting an answer to some questions on these programs. That's, that's great to hear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, lots to think about as you think about reopening. Uh, you have an update on uh, the Canada Emergency, uh, the CERB. <laughs> Canadian Emergency Response Benefit. So there, there have been a lot of changes to the CERB. So the CERB um, was the program that was $2,000 a month for four months, and that started in in April. And it was a, it's a pretty easy program to apply for. It was a pretty easy program to apply for. You just had to have a My Canada account, get onto your My Canada account, and hit a button, and basically qualified. Um, the government has since tightened up on the um, Canadian Emergency Response Benefit rules. And what they're now stating is that um, individuals, they cannot, they cannot just quit their job and collect this money because that's what was happening as people were just quitting their jobs and collecting CRB. So you're going to have to experience um, a decrease in your work hours or if you're earning less than $1,000 a month, you're going to be eligible for CRB. So you're going to need to qualify on a monthly uh, basis for the program. So that's that's been the big changes. Right, <clears throat> right, excuse me. And uh, that was sort of, as I understood it, it was an, almost a stopgap or meant to catch some of those people who maybe don't have regular employment. Is, is that kind of the, the thinking behind it? The, so it, I, it's I, not really I, meant for everyone? No, it's not really meant for everyone, right? You can't voluntarily quit your job. Um, you've got to. You must have earned at least five thousand dollars in uh, 2019 in uh, self-employment income or employment income. Um, but they also opened it up to people um, on mat leave or parental leave, right? To catch those people. Uh who might might have fallen in the gap. Yes. Yeah, I think when they first closed up for COVID, right, I think people were panicking as to what they were going to do, right? And that's why the program first opened up. And then it seemed to me that, you know, there were a lot of uh, people out there just taking advantage of it, right? A lot of people just quitting their jobs um, to get on uh, CERB. Mm -hmm. So now they're saying, you know what, you can't quit your job. Either you, you're laid off, or if you're not laid off, um, 
you just can't go ahead and apply for it. Right. Uh, what have you seen happening with, uh, uh, there's a bank loan available, I believe a limit of $40,000 that people can apply for and use if needed? Yes. Yeah, so that was um, that was one of the first programs to open up as well. Again, a very easy, straightforward program. Um, so it's up to $40,000 that was meant to assist businesses that are having a hard time through CURB. And those businesses, they need to have um, T4 payroll in 2019 of between 20000 and $1.5 million. Um, so that's, that's open to them. Um, there's some companies that I've spoken to who, you know, they haven't been entitled to it. Um, they just applied. Maybe they didn't have employees on payroll or maybe their, um, the amount that they were earning was, or sorry, the amount they had of T4 employees was under the $20,000 threshold. So they just, they just went ahead and applied. Um, what we're hearing is that there are going to be a number of audits with regards to, you know, COVID-19, um, relief in in the future right these audits will be coming right. so if you if you don't need the money and i spoke to one company who you know they applied for it and you know they they really they haven't needed the money they, their sales are actually up is put the money aside or you know call the government and pay it back because i i'm quite sure that there will be penalties coming in the future right it, it was uh, something to have in your back pocket, so to speak. Yes, yes. Okay. I mean, if um, if your sales are down, right, and you know, you can see taking the money. But if you're, you know, if you take, if you've applied for the money, but you know, your sales are going up and you don't really need it, you know, the proper right. thing to do would be, you know, give it back because I could see the government coming back after the fact and and really charging you a penalty while the while the business uh, low bank account loan is supposed to be interest-free, if you didn't need the money and you've got the money sitting in your account, they could very well charge you for interest on that in the future. I see. Right. Well, and as we know, a lot of restaurants uh, struggle with having cash flow, so that that uh, may have been a good option for for restaurants. I would think so. I would think that that would be an industry. The restaurants would be an industry that would have definitely needed it. Um, some restaurants have actually been doing very well during during COVID with the with the um, the pickup and the online sales. And while they might not qualify for the 75% wage subsidy, what they should be aware of is they will automatically qualify for this 10% wage subsidy. So. Um, these two programs, I think, are, are something that uh, companies really are having a hard time with. So the 75% wage subsidy, you need to experience a 30% drop in sales. The 10% wage subsidy, it, you know, it doesn't matter. If your sales are up, you still qualify for this. So you might say, okay, well, why is the government giving this a subsidy? Well, mm -hmm. everyone has been hit by COVID in some way. You know, it could be a change in your procedures. Um, there's definitely a, a decrease in, in productivity as, you know, you've got more sanitation protocol going on right now. You've got uh, yeah. PPE to be buying. Um, 
there's downtime employees I'm hearing. You know, there's a lot of employee downtime with COVID-19. So, yeah. you know, the 10% is there to compensate you um, because of COVID. Right. So if you haven't applied, uh, it's well worth doing. Yes, and, and you can apply for the 10% wage subsidy at any time. So the 10% wage subsidy is $1,375 per employee up to a maximum of $25,000 per company. And it covers the period of um, March 18th to June 6th. So it's a, it's a 12-week program. And um, the only restriction is that companies must have a business limit of above zero. So as long as your business limit is greater than zero, and your business limit is a number that you can find on your corporate tax return. Um, so you look at your corporate tax return for 2019, and that'll, uh, that'll let you know if you qualify. All right. Yeah. Good to know that. Um, yeah, and when you're talking about per company, um, when you look at franchises, um, how does that, do you have any special experience uh, talking to franchises as far as that's per uh, location or um, a physical, like a franchisee? Oh, so so it would be per location. So I, I would take it that every mm -hmm. single franchise um, would be a small business, and so their small business limit would be greater than zero. They would definitely qualify right. for the ten percent. The question is: Is are your sales down by thirty percent? Your sales are down by thirty percent. Seventy-five percent wage subsidy is applicable. If they're not down thirty percent, then you want to look at the ten percent wage subsidy. And uh, the other program I want to talk about that's been popping up more and more is is hiring grants. So in speaking to clients out there, especially clients in the food industry, um, they're having a hard time getting employees to come to work because there seems to be um, a lot of concern from a lot of employees uh, with regards to COVID. So as a result of less employees coming in or, or getting sick, right, and being on quarantine, um, you might need to hire employees. And if you need to hire employees, there's a government program around that's been around for for decades called a hiring grant. And a hiring grant will pay you to bring in somebody who's not currently employed, and you can receive up to $6,000 for hiring the new individual. And how you're compensated the money is you are paid back 50% of their salary on a monthly basis until the until the hiring grant is used up. Um, the other things with the hiring grant are you're not locked into the employee. The employee can quit. Um, the employee might be fired during the hiring grant period, but as long as your intention is you hire the individual for more than 25 hours a week with the intention of keeping them on a, a permanent full-time or a permanent seasonal basis, you qualify for funding. And and that would be for any new hire you have. So you could hire you could hire three new employees and get hiring grants for all of them. Wow. That's that's really good to know uh, 
that was always uh, leading up to COVID. Uh, finding good and keeping good people was always an issue. It, it's amazing how much has changed, but uh, that's uh, something positive to be looking at. To be looking to the fact that that uh, you do need employees and things are starting to get a little bit back to normal. Yes. Yeah, that's for sure. So I think that, you know, as far as your, your employees go, there's, there seems to be, you know, something for every single employee that you have, whether, you know, it's COVID related and it's going to be the 75% or the 10% wage subsidy, or it's going to be a new hire with the, with the um, hiring grant. Right. And is there any difference for people who are uh, coming from another field into your, into the restaurant business? Um, um, is that something that's encouraged? Or? Well, again, they would they would qualify for the hiring grant program. So the hiring grant program, the focus of it is on the job training. So uh, if, if you're bringing in somebody from another pizzeria, chances are they wouldn't need very much assistance in terms of training, on the job training. But if you're bringing somebody from a totally different um, field of cooking, like you're bringing somebody in who's worked in a Greek restaurant, um, th there would be a huge learning curve as far as um, your whole menu, right? Right. So there there would be new things to learn there, you know, making dough from scratch, proofing it, yep. all of that. Definitely. So as long as, as long as that can be justified, then, you know, you can definitely look at um, the hiring grant. I have a a small client in an unrelated business who just just started this company two months ago and hired four new employees. Three of them qualify for hiring grants. The fourth person was just, just too experienced to receive one. Right. So that's definitely something to look at. And while you want someone who uh, knows what they're doing, uh, also a lot of businesses prefer to train someone from the ground up in all their procedures and the way they do things. Um, so that's definitely a great, great option. Thanks for pointing that out, Bonnie. I, I, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, I think it is a, it's a, it is a great option. And I think that a lot of uh, businesses, in, until we finally get a vaccine in play, are probably going to need a little bit of extra, extra manpower, right, as backup because you're just not sure if, you know, you're going to have an employee on quarantine, right? It's, right. it's just a reality. Um, speaking to larger employers out there, they're telling me that at any given time, um, you know, they've got 20% of their workforce away just because of quarantining, right? Yes, if they've traveled or come into contact or tested positive or any number of different scenarios. Exactly, exactly. Um, I, I had one client, their office was actually shut down because, a, you know, an employee tested positive. It was somebody that was coming in and out of the office. And, and you know, they finally found out that uh, this person, they had told the person to go get tested. And when when she finally did, it turned out she had COVID. So all 10 people in the office who had been in contact with her, they had to shut down their office and all go home. Um, right. So that's why I think that, you know, with a smaller company, if you've got, you know, just an extra person 
on staff in case anything happens and anyone goes, you know, has to be away because of quarantining. That could really, you know, cripple a small business. So if you've got that person who can, you know, multitask and, you know, be trained to fill in any positions that need to be filled in, I think that's that's really going to be an important important going forward. Right, and that brings to mind um, delivery people as well. In some cases, uh, people use third-party delivery, but there's lots of people who, uh, operators who uh, are doing their own delivery and offering takeout and delivery, and then there's other restaurants who haven't done that and maybe are ha- have had to quickly pivot to do that kind of business. So maybe that's a case where if they could, or if they need more people on delivery, where they could justify the training, um, training of people who would normally be in the dining room, for example. Definitely. Definitely. You're right. There, That definitely has been a real growth market, right? All those businesses out there that have been able to adapt to some kind of takeout or, or online delivery kind of business is, is definitely on the growth. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, uh, thank you for helping us better understand all this, uh, Bonnie. There's a lot to take in, and uh, I think it's a lot less intimidating when you have it explained uh, by someone who who, uh, has a lot of experience in this area. So I appreciate you joining us. Um, Thank you, Colleen. And if anyone has any questions, um, you know, give us a call. Right now we're doing all this COVID uh, consultations free of charge. There's just a lot of businesses out there who need help. Um, You can reach out to me at Bonnie, B-O-N-N-Y, at akrconsulting.com, or you can reach me at 416-996-4759, and uh, I'll do my best to steer you in the right direction and and help you if I can with what uh, what your concern and query is. That's great. Thank you for the invitation, uh, Bonnie. That's great. And uh, on that note, uh, listeners can find more information about uh, COVID developments uh, at CanadianPizzaMag.com. And you can also find this podcast recorded there um, and also on SoundCloud. Uh, Thanks for listening. Let us know what you think and let us know what else you'd like to hear on future podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Canadian Pizza Podcast, hosted by Canadian Pizza Magazine.